My first view is that influencer marketing should be an essential part of a marketing plan. It's still the question about how to measure influencer marketing, how to measure the return of my investment. People are trusting individuals more than traditional advertising, more than ever, particularly amongst Gen Z and millennials. They're so, more likely to connect with their content creator or their influencer because, of course, they've been brought up with that. And engaging with the influencers to promote something that is beyond commercial objective, let's say. One of the biggest reasons why brands should want to connect with influencers because they have shared values. Where that is totally aligned, that's where the magic happens. The instantaneousness of visual stimulus followed by a call to action is, is quite phenomenal. episode, we'll be diving to how you can power up your business and brand growth in 2021 through the power of influencer marketing. COVID-19 posed a great challenge for many businesses around the world, as we all know. And uncertain times are calling out for market experts to reinvent and innovate strategy to secure a long-lasting connection with their audience. Today, I'm so happy and delighted to be joined by an industry leader whose passion for marketing has led him to become a consultant, a speaker, and the global head of influencer marketing at the Branded Content Marketing Association in the United Kingdom. To uncover how influencer marketing can power up your growth, I'm here with Gordon Glenister. Welcome to Influencer Marketing Cover, Gordon. We are thrilled to have you here today with us. How oh, are you? My pleasure. It's my pleasure. Lovely to be here. That's good. So happy to have you here and then very exciting to be talk all things about influencer marketing with you. Uh, so Gordon, let's start with first question. I wanted to know everything about your upcoming book publication. I think the name of the book Tell me if I'm wrong, it's Influencer Marketing Strategy, right? Yeah, absolutely. So it's launched, official launch is on the 3rd of March. Uh, it's taken uh, 18 months to write. Uh, and wow. um, uh, well, and I must admit, I was doing a lot of this during COVID, of course. Uh, and uh, I don't know if you've written a book before, but I hadn't written a book. I've written articles, but never written a book. Okay. Uh, and it's unfortunate that I've had a global publisher behind me, um, which has been absolutely fantastic. But there were certainly moments when I thought, oh, I just can't do this today. <laughs> so I have a lot of sympathy for bloggers and content creators that must have found during, uh, you know, what has been a, a quite challenging year, uh, you know, we're in the creative industry, aren't we? So yeah, uh, trying absolutely. to put your thoughts down. I mean, what made a big difference is, of course, I interviewed lots and lots of people from brands, agencies and content creators. So in a way, the book is littered with loads of interviews and comments and thoughts, which I think makes it, I think, a better, a better read overall. Exciting. And uh, tell me, like, a, what can we expect from the book? Uh, a lot of words, <laughs> 88,000 words. Um, wow, 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 what, what I've tried, I'll tell you what I've tried to do is, you know, I've actually only been in this industry a relatively short period of time. 
you know, my background actually is in the promotional products industry. I used to yeah. head up the, uh, the trade association for that. Um, so uh, one of the first things I did was launch the, the branded content marketing association influence division because I, I really felt there needed to be uh, some representation for this growing sector that had lots of exciting opportunities but also challenges so the opportunity to write a book was uh, uh, was just a great way for me to actually think to myself well how do I educate myself Absolutely. rather than being a long-standing practitioner I think in a way I've tried to make it a relatively simple read as to how best to execute influencer marketing strategy for your business and so that's why I wrote it more than anything else and uh yeah it's been it's been fascinating but I'm glad it's yeah. over <laughs> uh, that's good I'm very very excited and and congratulations I always thought about like I I really wanted one day to write a book I don't know what will be the subject if it's going to be towards influencer marketing or you know purpose so but every time I thought about I go like oh my god because it is you know it, it is a hard work to write a book it's not just you know I want to write a book and and then you do that in a month and the book is out so it's a it's a long it's a long process uh, yeah. I mean actually my sister said to me that uh, she's a leadership coach she said to me uh, uh, don't do this in your first year of business it will swallow you it will take you a lot lot longer than you ever think And she was absolutely right, um, because obviously when you reach out to people, not everybody responds. Uh, it takes longer to, um, you know, write content, get case studies. Absolutely. Um, but actually having a publisher behind you does make a difference because each month I've got somebody to, to check in and, and make sure I've delivered a certain amount of words. So it's, it must be interesting to write a novel because in the same way you're going to have you know, they, they've paid you in advance. You've got to work um, with deadlines. So yeah, uh, it's, been, it's been a really interesting process, I have to say. Amazing. Congratulations. Very much looking forward to, to reading it. But let's now go through, uh, you know, influencer marketing. Uh, very, like, I uh, wanted to get your perspective about, especially this year, 2021, Uh, we will continue to see, you know, as we are continuing to see the, the pandemic is still here. We are still facing so many challenges, especially brands uh, on how to, to still continue to, to grow their business and what will be the best approach for them to do that. And of course, the social media, the digital landscape has become such a pivotal, you know, element for any brand strategy. Uh, especially nowadays. So on your view, uh, because even though influencer marketing is still you know, going for a few years now, I started the business five years ago and I can see the evolution from when I started to now, how, how uh, this industry has evolved and how this industry will continue to evolve. But it's still at the same time, Many brands doesn't really uh, know how to navigate it into the influencer marketing industry or how to do an effective strategy that will give them the return of investment. So it's still, you know, uh, brands, especially when we talk with, you know, startups or, you know, uh, new brands, they still have a lot of questions around, you know, how they can grow their business 
uh, through influencer marketing. And I would love to hear uh, from your perspective, uh, how do you see influencer marketing as part of you know, a growth strategy for a brand? No, I think it's a really good question. And uh, education still remains the biggest challenge that we all have as practitioners to get over to, to, uh, to brands. Um, I mean, what's really interesting, though, those, pe- those organizations that are already doing uh, influencer marketing are seeing the signs of success are, and are continuing to invest yeah. more and more. I mean, uh, brands like Estee Lauder were saying 75% of their uh, marketing budget was, was going to be spent in this sector. Uh, it's, it's true that certain industries are better suited to influencer marketing. You know, we know that beauty... Um, fashion, uh, we know that travel, uh, gaming, of course, has been huge yeah. over the last year. Um, but um, so I, I often say to organizations that have never done this before and trying to navigate through this landscape is quite difficult. Uh, use an expert. You know, there are plenty of influencer marketing agencies out there, influencer marketing platforms that uh, allow you to uh, search and find influencers that are relevant to your target audience and strategists as well that will make it a little easier. Because, you know, the the ROI case is a really fascinating one. Um, Lots of research suggests that it can deliver sort of 11 times more ROI than, than many other forms of advertising. But I'll caveat by saying when done well. In other mm-hmm. words, when, when implementing a proper process, you know, in other words, making sure that you've got, you know, your proper goals in place. Um, I mean, once upon a time, influencer marketing in the early days was just largely about creating brand awareness. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not the case now. It's no. Now what we've got is, is amazing individuals that are driving huge amounts of sales volumes and downloads um, and uh, connections with uh, retail online brands, um, and particularly in the fashion sector. I mean, I'm amazed by how some of the affiliate marketing works extremely well. Oh. And I'm sure you've seen the same, Mara. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, I think my, my first view is, is that um, influencer marketing should be an essential part of a marketing uh, plan. Uh, work with experts, Make sure that uh, I mean there's plenty of plenty of advice even online uh, to establish what how and best to uh, to achieve this. Um, but uh, maybe sometimes it's worth trialing trying to put putting a little bit of your budget. And there there are also organisations out there that will will actually provide a um, a trial campaign for you. Um, but but do work with experts. Sometimes don't try and do it yourself if you're not sure, because you will make mistakes and it will take a lot longer. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think to your point, Gordon, uh, when it's like just start small to test the water is the secret to influencer marketing, especially when our organization or our company is too new to that influencer marketing element into their marketing strategy. Because there's a lot of questions still from from brands, um, and I talk that because of our clients. And when you're pitching for new clients, uh, it's still the question about how to measure, you know, influencer marketing, how to measure the return of my investment. 
Um, and well, what I always say is, is that influencer marketing, it's not going to bring you the results straight away. That is all about consistency. You know, it's not that you're going to invest 10,000, 20,000 pounds and then you're going to put a few influencers out there and you're going to have thousands of downloads and thousands of sales because it's true. Influencer marketing is a combination of brand awareness and conversion, but you don't see the conversion straight away. So influencer marketing is very important for brands to understand that it's, it has to be an always own program within their marketing strategy because you have to keep putting your brand out there as a, as a format of, you know, educating about your brand, resonating with the right audience and creating the awareness that eventually it will become and will convert into sales and into downloads. Uh, how mm. do you see that, you know, when you look at influencer marketing and, and you know, the metrics uh, to measure influencer marketing. What what is your view on that? What should be brands be focusing on uh, when it comes to 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 metrics and evaluate results? Well, obviously, there's so many now, and sometimes you can be sort of overloaded with all the different mm -hmm. uh, variants, and it depends, of course, on which channel. Um, but um, you know, com I think the most important thing is. It's things like comments and sentiment. Um, I think it's it's very easy just to uh, be driven by what I call vanity metrics. Is yeah. how many how many likes have I got? But really, what we need to be doing is uh, deep diving. And there's, again, there's lots of uh, uh, platforms and supports that, that that are out there to uh, to analyze this uh, really really well. Um, you know, I I'm a great fan of, of, of sentiment and looking at some, what, what people are actually saying about mm -hmm. your product, not just the likes. Uh, also, the shared share, share, you know, content that's shared as well. That's a big, uh, a big one to measure. Um, and um, yeah, I think you're absolutely right about consistency as well. It's it, it, things don't happen overnight. I mean, even blogs. If you think about yes. uh, and video, these is evergreen content. Absolutely. So, so when a campaign is finished, you know it's still delivering. Uh, I know that people have told me that uh, you know blogs that they've had a year ago is still delivering that awareness and activation. You know, twelve months in. Yeah. I think that's uh, whereas if you think about a billboard. Um, or uh, a bus shelter ad, you know, after the six weeks, it's gone. It's you know? gone. So true. And I, and I also think that um, uh, we've got more uh, people are trusting individuals more than traditional advertising, more than ever, particularly amongst Gen Z and uh, millennials. In fact, I saw a stat just recently, which sort of staggered me, saying that only uh, they only one percent of them trust traditional advertising. You know, exactly. they're more likely to connect with their content creator or their influencer because, of course, they've been brought up with that. Whereas, you know, myself of slightly older years, you know, we've we've this is still relatively new to us as a sector. So, um, you know, and there's always going to be people that that dismiss influencer marketing as well. And I think one of the other challenges that has, has faced us, of course, is um, a, a media that is, uh, you know, isolated certain aspects of influencer marketing, which which I think has unnerved 
some organizations and brands about it. Well, should we? And what if we don't get the right people? How do we measure it? So is I think there's a there's a lot of organizations that what I would call are are on the edge of doing something. And uh, it's not until sometimes their competitors start to do it. Exactly. They start to realize, oh my goodness, you know. Um, I saw some, I saw a fantastic um, uh, video. I don't know if you saw it from Oral B. Oral B do a lot of stuff. Yeah, they do a lot of amazing. I love it. Really, really great. Where it was, um, it was using a dust cart and, you know, the side, the side, but a bar that it normally scoops up all of yeah, the yeah, yeah. well it was using a one of their oral b toothbrushes and it was using it as a i just loved it it's genius really is really great stuff out there and to your point about like videos becoming a lifetime you know content is so through and tiktok is the platform that's proving that that video can continue to give brain awareness and results for brands because tiktok It's a platform where your video today can have 20,000 views and tomorrow your video can be on 1 million views because the algorithm of TikTok resonates very different from other platforms. So I think TikTok is a great example that video is, you know, definitely a type of content orientation that will bring results awareness for brands in a lifetime you know period because the video is always going to be there it's the same as you mentioned about you know about the blogs which is very fascinating you know to think that you know one piece of content can continue to to give you you know uh, results uh, unlimited as you mentioned about the billboards it's there and then after one month it's gone where on well, social you can have it there and continue to to bring you that you know the awareness and, and i think in uh with the, with, with what's happened over covid of course a lot of us have been inside so that we uh you know some of the other advertising has suffered hugely i mean if you think about cinema advertising oh my god yes. out of home Has had a has had a really bad time of it. So these brands have got still, you know, quite extensive marketing budgets, and what they need guidance of often is to know where to spend it to, to deliver the greatest return. Absolutely. Um, what what COVID has done is, if you can imagine, so many brands out there that have had strategic plans. It's almost like the jigsaw puzzle has been wrapped. Has been they have to up. change, and they and they have to change. And uh, for some of these organizations. This, this, this level of pivoting is, is unwarranted, but it's those organizations that are making radical steps forward um, and, being, and, and, and showing their true credentials, particularly in times of difficulty, um, that are really, really doing well. And, and, and others will be just left behind. I mean, oh, for, absolutely. for example, the retail space, uh, the physical retailers that don't have a strong online presence Are really cool. We've seen what's happened with Topshop, Top some of the others. You know, that's going to only grow further. Um, in fact, I happen to know the uh, the director general of the um, the British Independent Retail Association, and he was telling me uh, recently that there'll be 30% less retail stores uh, on the high street in the next uh, two or three years, you know, because people are changing the way they, they consume stuff. Yeah, and, and taking the link of like people will change the way they consume. We already seen this, right? Especially, as you said, during the, the pandemic. Uh, I think it was, 
in a way, a wake-up call for everyone uh, to rethink the way we consume, to rethink what we are following, what we are buying. And with the movement that we saw last year with Black Lives Matter, the LGBT movement, it, it, it increased that mindset of, of especially the young generation, the millennials and Gen Zers, that they are much more uh, mindful about what they buy because they wanted to buy into brands that are being part of something meaningful. They wanted to be part, they wanted to engage with brand that has value and they're showing value through the way they, they, they communicate it. And when we go back to the link with the retailers, you know, how does retailers can, you know, uh, be part of this movement and engaging with the influencers to promote something that is beyond commercial objective, let's say, you know, but yeah. partner with influencers to be part of a movement and pass a message that is relevant and that people will engage with your product, not just because of the product, but because of the brand value behind that product. Absolutely. I mean, it's one of the biggest reasons why brands should want to connect with influencers because they have shared values. Absolutely. Where that, where that is totally aligned, the, that's where the magic happens. Absolutely. And with the retailers, again, to, to your point, uh, I feel like the, the retailers, they, they are taking more time to react and to think, okay, this is happening. And how can, as a brand, as an organization, I can be authentic and think outside the box and react it quickly? Because now it's all about react quickly and think, okay, this old format, it's not going to be here in any time soon. So it's everything is changing. The world is evolving. The world is changing. So how retailers can navigate into this amazing live streaming shopping that will transform the industry, I right? Love, so love what is your thought about it? Because I feel like sometimes, and especially like talking with our clients and with you know uh, people from the industry, the importance of brands to leverage now for e-shop live streaming, this is the future. So I'd love to hear you know, your thoughts on, on, on that and, and how do you see live streaming shopping you know, going, uh, moving forward? I love it. I must admit, I love the idea that you can be, I mean, what, what brands want to try and do is bring their, bring their product to life. So yeah. I think this is where video can make such a great difference. Um, it really, really does. If you think about going into a, a retail store, you know, today, honestly, it's quite bl bland, isn't it? I mean, you've got loads and loads <laughs> of clothes, let's just say clothes, um, you'll, you'll have the odd mannequin where you can see a, a, a maybe a, 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 a layout for, for whoever. Um, and, and, you know, that's why people are backwards and forwards to the changing room. Whereas what you've got now online is you've got individuals, influencers that actually can create visual identities. You can identify with that individual and say, yeah, wow, I want to look like her. And within a, within a heartbeat, she's changed her... Um, look and style and again and again oh I like that oh in fact I want to buy it the instantaneousness of visual stimulus followed by a call to action is is quite phenomenal plus you can you can buy wherever you know 
11 o'clock at night you know you can this is what's this is what I think really excites me but it's not just about the retail space if you think about I saw something the other day with um, Volkswagen that was trying to promote one of their uh, uh, cars so it's got their you know what their 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 advert uh, about the car but of course is bringing it to life by saying right now would you like to do you like this click to uh, book your test drive and it's so easy for that to happen. Um, so I, I do I do love it. And I think, um, actually, I, I think that brands are going to be left behind if they don't embrace it. Because, um, you know, as, you, as, a, as a brand always needs to know where their audience are or where they're going and not be behind the curve. And I think what the uh, this last year has done is it's seen who the true innovators are. Absolutely. Um, people like Nike and, and others that have really embraced not only creativity, but uh, sensitivity of, of posting, uh, giving back to the community yes. and, and being super, um, super engaging with their content. No, so. absolutely. And that giving back to the community, it's, uh, it's, uh, I love that. Uh, that you said, because it will be like all about giving back to the community. It's not just about what is good is making to the organization, to the brand, but how this brand is also, you know, engaging their consumer, but also giving it back, um, which for me, it's, it's, it's beautiful to see that this uh, changing uh, is happening. And going back to the live streaming shopping, uh, what I love about it is because you can buy immediately right so it's not about it's a is a is a is a call to action that drives into sale straight away uh and again like as you said like to go to the shops are we really going to go back to the shops in the future i have a question mark about that not not unless they change the whole experience you know um you know 72 of uh, millennials want experiences now in their life that's what they that's what their life is all about is experiences so uh, brands have got to constantly create uh, experiential marketing and it's absolutely best. And bring products to life and that's why some of the some of the um uh, agencies and I'm, I'm sure you do as well um when they involve uh, influencers they suggest what i call brand immersion so mm. they invite the influencers to the company to the factory, to the showroom, um, understand how the product is being made because these individuals are selling on your behalf. Um, and, and I'm a great believer in not just using influencers amplifiers, but using them as integral part of your- Absolutely, 100%. We at Imaging Power, we embrace this quite highly here. Like for, for like I truly believe in as, as a company, as an agency, that when you involved the influencer to co-create with the brand, you know, to co-create a product or to co-create a campaign narrative, or, you know, to invite them for a unique experience is, is when you get, you know, the, the real connection between the brand and the influencer. So I'm a truly believer that, you know, in the future, we will see more and more uh, influencers and brands collaborating together to co-create. How can small and medium-sized companies can leverage uh, 
when investing on, on influencer marketing? Do you think small brands that are just like startup should be considering to go straight away uh, if it is a new service? Or what's your thought about, you know, small business going, creating their business straight from social? Uh, I think 100%. In fact, actually, I think it's, it's one of the biggest benefits um, of influencer marketing, you know, particularly if you're embracing, um, you know, nano influencers yep. um, with smaller audiences and a range of them. I mean, for example, a typical restaurant opening could be a perfect example of using a bunch of uh, nano influencers and maybe it's a gifting campaign to start with and uh, the restaurant owner invites a number of of influencers along to an opening night, makes a big bash. And uh, obviously the, the influencers can invite uh, some, some friends and guests along. And I know somebody that did that uh, last year and he said that uh, one influencer alone has, has driven an additional five bookings for me. Wow. Um, so, you know, and that's something that can, and, and I know Sheesh in Chigwell, which is a quite a famous restaurant, yes. is always talking about it. And a lot of the influences are. So, you know, there's an, I mean, no, we just highlighted a restaurant there, but it could be all sorts of different um, businesses. Um, for me, it's about developing a relationship first. Absolutely. With these people and um, you know Instagram is a, is a good place to start of course which is where a lot of influencer marketing uh, is, yes. is um, but um, you know you're dealing with human beings here and remember that uh, about 65% of um, uh, influencers that receive uh, um, inbound direct messages do not respond to them and that's because sometimes no thought has been placed about what's what they're getting out of it, particularly if it's not funded. Um, so I do, and I'm sure you do, advise clients yeah. to be very careful about how and the approach that they take. Um, you know, think about what the influencer, you know, they've taken a long time to build up an audience. And even if it's 10,000 followers, that's still significant to start. Absolutely. And absolutely. if they've got a good engagement rate, you know, they're not going to sell out a brand if it doesn't resonate with their audience. So I think it's really important that um, that uh, one, what I suggest is finding some of those influencers that could be uh, uh, ideal target for you. And then before you reach out to them, start to like some of the content that they're already producing. Maybe comment on that and say, yeah, I love, love what you're doing here. Because actually, if you want a positive reaction from some of those people, that's yeah. what's going to resonate well with them. Um, so the answer is yes, definitely. But think about your strategy carefully and uh, approach approach them with, with care, consideration and value and value. Oh, absolutely. Love that. Uh, another point, uh, Gordon, that's like here for us and like for every campaign or every strategy you're doing we we are taking this in consideration which is diversity and inclusion right how important is for brands when putting a strategy together to think about being diversity and be inclusivity how do you think these two elements can you know add it into an influencer marketing strategy. So what is your view on that? 
I feel quite strongly about it, actually. I think, um, in fact, one of uh, one of my the BCMA members actually uh, in America was telling me a little while ago that if if they um, they're asked to recommend a group of influencers and they have then recommended a, a broad, diverse mix and the client then chooses only, for example, the, the, the white influencers or whatever, then they would argue that that isn't representative of the um, of a their policy as an agency. Absolutely. So um, that they should be mindful of the of the what message that is giving out to a broad broad audience. So I think it's um, it's one of those things that you should always ensure is part of the brief. Mm-hmm. Um, do we have we covered the the, the wide range? Because yeah. It, it, any business has got a broad, diverse ah, range of customers. For sure. By, by having diversity of influence means that you're reaching those audiences and cultures as well. Um, you know, I'm always uh, amazed by interesting and exciting content that sometimes overwhelms the brand. I think, wow, I'm amazed by what, what is coming out of this. This is what excites me about influencer marketing. You know, br- you know, brands don't have the monopoly on great ideas. Absolutely. And what I love about, and not just what I love about, what I believe that diverse and inclusive, uh, it's, it's such, you know, a core value that every business should be considering. Because again, when you go back to the Gen Zers and to the millennials, they're looking to engage with brands that are being diverse and are being inclusive. Because uh, I, I don't feel like we have space nowadays, especially for not being inclusivity or, you know, having the diversity into the influences that you work with. And so also, we, there's also there's evidence of um, brands being called out online. Absolutely. So that could be a detrimental impact to your organization. And uh, you may have heard of the influence of pay gap. Um, which yes. is uh, which is a which is growing in momentum, and um, you know the, the, I'm very applauding of of the individual behind that because in a way it's about making sure that that influencers are fairly rewarded right across the diversity. No, I, I, absolutely, and I think the brands they should do uh, you know that in a very you know. Uh, authentic way you know being real about it just like oh i wanted to be inclusive in, in my campaigns and i wanted to have you know black influencer lgbt's on, on on my campaign but this has to be real because the the consumers now especially again the young generation they are smart they know when a brand is promoting something that is very through or when the brand is promoting just because they need to do that in order to, to be seen as, you know, as a good brand that is having this diverse element into, into it. Uh, we have been working with Bumble, a dating app, uh, is one of our clients. And last year in October, we did a campaign uh, in October to celebrate the Black History Month. Uh, and it was incredible to see the reaction uh, once we launched the campaign, because the, the the narrative was to show that my black love is because if you Google today, my black love is you don't see much about black love. You only see about white love, and you know it's so important to 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 let 
than to speak out about love as equally as white people, let's say. Why? Why? And uh, and the reaction that we saw on PR and Twitter as soon as we launched the campaign was spectacular because people feel connected with brands that are raising important awareness, like, you know, let's celebrate the Black History Month and let's celebrate Black love. So uh, for us as an agency to be involved on campaigns that are, you know, are truly, uh, you know, uh, bring it value and bringing those uh, attention to the, to the audience and consumers, it's, it's very uh, key for us. Uh, and Gordon, uh, last question here for you, because I would love to stay here forever talking, but I wanted to know where, my final question to you is like, where do you see influencer marketing going in the next five years? What is your prediction? Um, I think it's going to get bigger. Um, we're talking about $15 billion by 2022. And I still think that's an understatement. Yes. Um, I think that um, we're going to start to see the rise and rise of the professional content creator, influencer marketing. Um, in other words, uh, individuals that know and understand their value, their worth, they know the stats, they're their own creative mini agency, if you will. Um, I definitely see a, uh, uh, a higher level of co-created brands. I mean, if you look at China, for example, which has yeah. been exemplars of co-creation of products, which probably about three years ahead of us, um, that has been phenomenal. Um, I certainly see a growth in virtual influencers, uh, CGI, uh, as brands start to use uh, individuals that help convey really great stories. I mean, little Michaela, I think it's got about three, yes. million, three million followers. It's, it's, actually, it's you know what makes me laugh. When I show this to my friends that don't know much about influencer marketing, they're, they're just, they can't get their head around it. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, what else? B2B influencers, absolutely. So it's not just about beauty and fashion. I, start, I think we're going to start to see, uh, uh, you know, the pharmaceutical influencers. And we've actually seen that, of course, with yeah. lots and lots of doctors uh, shining the light, really, uh, over the uh, COVID and vaccination programs. Um, but I think the, we'll, we'll start to see other sectors embracing it. Um, I mean, I've been a bit concerned at the way that the media is maligned the word influencers. Mm -hmm. um, it, you know, I, I still believe in the principle that influencer is a very powerful word. You are in a position of effecting change. But of course, a lot of influencers prefer to be called content creators or um, entrepreneurs or whatever. Um, it, either way, they have influence. Absolutely, uh, and I think um, I think the future's rosy. Um, I think there's more education to be done, and I'm really excited about um, what we're doing at the BCMA um, with the London School of Arts to, to create an influencer marketing qualification. Um, so that's exciting, uh, and um, uh, yeah, I, I mean, as I say, I think it's rosy. Lots of exciting things on the future, really. Incredible. I, I'm with you, Gordon. I don't see uh, influencer marketing going anywhere. I only see this landscape and this industry continue to grow, continue to evolve. 
and authenticity being the core of it, you know, how brands can, you know, continue to be part of this movement, but also added the authenticity and the experiential uh, element into it. Uh, I see that as, uh, as, the, as the big future for this industry. Mm, Gordon, thank you so much for being here with me today on our Influencer Marketing Cover podcast. Congratulations again for the launch of your book. As I said, looking forward to, to reading it. Uh, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure to talk to you. And uh, we will keep in touch. And uh, I will soon be joining Gordon on his podcast. So we will uh, be talking, continue to talk about this uh, influencer marketing uh, industry that we all love so much, right? <laughs> oh, wonderful. It's an absolute pleasure to talk to you. And, uh, and thanks for your time uh, today. Thank you. Thank you so much for everyone that has joining us today. Uh, be sure to tune in to our next episode. Uh, thank you so much for being watching, for being listening to our Influencer Marketing Cover podcast, a podcast by MG Power. Thank you so much and looking forward to see you on our next episode. Thank you so much, Gordon, again. My pleasure.